We started our journey in episode 3 in West Bengal, the eastern part of India. But then we tag along the Kurumandal coast and land in Tamil Nadu in this episode. Listen on to see how the spread of Freemasonry goes on from here. Fraternal greetings and a warm welcome to you. We're glad that you could join us on the Ashlers podcast, a space for the world's oldest fraternity to shine some light through Masonic paper readings, discussions, interviews, and more. Freemasonry is so old that our lifetime wouldn't be enough to capture its grandeur in the entirety. However, all things great should begin somewhere. and so we are thrilled to start off with season 1 which will focus on freemasonry and its roots in india one state at a time as a disclaimer the thoughts and opinions expressed here are solely of the participants and do not represent any official positions including those of any grand lodge or constitutions thereof best efforts have been made to keep the conversation on the level for brethren and non-masons alike hey guys before i begin today's topic i want to let you know a little something about hub hopper studio you know this podcast is hosted on hub hopper studio that is h u b h o p p e r studio.com it is india's leading hosting and distribution platform for many podcasts the platform is absolutely free and it helps me reach out to the right indian audience by not only getting it on audio streaming platforms such as spotify and google podcasts but even on indian platforms such as gana wink music and many more welcome folks to the ashlers podcast we hope you have been enjoying our podcast so far this is the fourth episode of season 1 where we talk about the spread of freemasonry in india one state at a time this time we are going further south from west bengal as you recollect from episode 3 freemasonry took root in west bengal and from there our next destination is going to be tamil nadu um we hinted at this in our previous episode so further down the kurumandal coast we arrive at tamil nadu and brother rinesh is going to be telling us tales and you know share some facts and figures of how you know this light of masonry reached there and what and all happened uh, during the early you know times of masonry and all the way to our modern times so rinesh over to you hey shishir oh well isn't this amazing considering that we started something from the one coast and now we are going on to the new other coast which is basically the koramandal coast and we are reaching on the shores of chennai or madras which was called at that time a um, unique part is that freemasonry obviously moved along where the british used to be there or where the colonial settlements were there so obviously they started somewhere in bengal so that's when the freemasonry is where it started and from there when they moved on to chennai obviously they thought of again the same idea they wanted to just bring it here and i think it started somewhere at the place known as fort saint george 
obviously most of the uh, people in chennai actually know about it it's one of the most important place it's where now currently the administrative is also uh, working from so that is where your entire freemasonry kind of started or what got built apparently one of the oldest lodge which started in uh, chennai in madras at that time was in 1752 it used to be called lodge madras in the east indies or something around that name which was there and obviously from there they moved on to elur and then trichinopoly and they just kept on spreading and they like depending upon where the regiment used to go depending upon where the british officers or the british people used to be staying they obviously wanted freemasonry right next to them and that's how they kind of spread don't you think so that is actually amazing that wherever we go we kind of want to bring that whole idea about it like i want my fraternity right next to me so let me just take it to trichinopoly i'm actually moving to elur and i know that there are some brethren who are there so let me just bring freemasonry over there and i think that's that, that's how it all started for them uh, i think somewhere down the line itself there was one lodge which is very unique with its uh, work we uh, the name is lodge of perfect unanimity which was named as 150 in the registers back in the united grand lodge of england unique fact is that lodge still exists it's one of the oldest english lodge in india which is still in existence don't you think so shishir that's actually interesting that's interesting and i wanted to just raise this uh, point here for our listeners that uh, you know considering the british came in and again you have to keep in mind how far back you know this goes into history obviously there were no aeroplanes back then so it was all sea routes so it's just obvious that you know you follow the sea or the coasts because that is where you have the the influx into the land right you move in and out of the land from seaports and that explains a lot as to why this spread of masonry during those days was more around the coastal areas of our country and to your point rinesh uh, wherever the you know since it was the british who brought it obviously it would travel along with them and uh, mm-hmm. something we discussed in our previous episode also talks about the same point that when you go to a foreign land which you are not accustomed to you're not familiar with what brings solace to you obviously anything or anyone who is familiar to you familiar in terms of you being related to them or you know you identifying with their cultures traditions language what have you right so this spread of masonry obviously at least in the initial stages does follow the british and you know of course in today's modern indian times it is completely you know away from that but yeah since we're talking about the history we'll have to just keep this in mind that you know yes. the people who brought it it would sort of follow their trajectory in one way or the other so renisha over to you <laughs> so along with that right as i was talking about the lodge of perfect unanimity you actually will be amazed amount with the amount of things which is actually around as in the buildings which were designed the buildings which were built and you will have the freemasonic connection with them uh i actually was going through some of the uh, history of these places and what exactly it worked out and i would like to obviously place on record my sincere thanks to one of the books which i kind of worked with this book is superb amazing and i think most of the brethren who are interested in finding it out they should get in touch with the district grand lodge of madras and find out if they can get their hands on the book called brotherhood and brotherhood and benevolence by sri ram v and kartik bhat 
it is actually available in the freemasons all the existing freemasons all you can reach out to them but um, i'm not sure how exactly you can do that but maybe after some time when the covid situation and everything comes into place we should be able to get our hands on that and as i said i'd like to place my sincere thanks to that book that book really gave me a lot of insights about how freemasonry spread across the south of india now coming back to the point of the buildings which i was talking about uh, royapuram station the senate house the pwd building the 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 amir mahal the the gpo my goodness there are so many of them which were actually either made built or designed by by freemasons at that time most of them obviously were uh, british who were actually at that period being involved in all these activities but think of the spread which was there uh, along the lines the lodge of rock number 260 which is technically the second oldest lodge in the district of uh, Madras at that time. I'm still talking about the English lodges over here. Lodge of Rock has a very interesting fact. I have visited this lodge, and this is in Trichy. This lodge has three amazing chairs. Now, Trichy, you can think about why am I talking about chairs, right? You know why? Exactly. Be- yeah, because they are related to Sir Robert Clive, and I think we all know who Sir Robert Clive was. he was actually one of the member he was the member of lodge of rock and he apparently donated those chairs to the lodge can you imagine having that kind of a history and this is i'm not talking about something in the lines of some uh, uh, 18 1900 or just like 100 years old or something this is wow this is way 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 old i think he was in office around in the 1760s or 50s or something around that time wow i i actually enjoyed looking at the chair and i kind of uh, when nobody was looking i was obviously sitting over there then i realized everybody's like please go ahead and sit and just take a photograph of that and i was super i was thoroughly enjoying this <laughs> renesh i'd like to just bring one point here yes uh, the fact that the piece of furniture has survived so many years is bewildering i mean today's modern buildings cars may not survive that long but wow <laughs> that is i need to sit on the chair once at least yes yes you definitely need to do that the lodge of rock is actually one of the amazing uh, lodges which is there in trichy and many of the people know about it uh, it has a very good history obviously any of the brethren who are actually there or any of our listeners who are there they should definitely try visiting or contacting someone and they should be able to give you that entire idea of how exactly it is uh, coming back to the the place chennai right uh, we obviously were trying to figure out where do we actually meet and everything and we used to roam around all the places obviously we did not have a place of our own so starting from fort st george we even went into st thomas church so we used to meet at different locations and finally we actually found a place of our own uh, interesting fact the current headquarters of the directorate general of police in chennai that huge building which you have seen on that near the beach that place is where freemasons used to meet initially that entire place was freemasons they have a masonic temple there which in today's date has been closed and obviously it's just taken care of i recently got the opportunity to go through some of the photos and it's simply amazing they have maintained as much uh the designs and everything out of that but obviously they have changed a lot of things in that we i think gave it up right we we were not able to maintain that building and we had to sort of give it off i believe yeah unfortunately yes that's absolutely true and we were not able to even maintain it for very long time as in uh we were there obviously the, the, the place is huge uh, people in uh, chennai right now know how huge that place is uh i'm not saying that the entire building obviously was that like there it was it used to be completely different unfortunately we were not able to maintain it for a very long time so then 
it was sold off and then i think it subsequently got sold off to the police itself during the british time itself from there by the way the lodge or rather the freemasons hall moved to a place near on mount road and i think that is one of the reason which i feel uh, is the reason why we have a lodge called lodge mount i'll, I'll bring one important point here inesh and that is something hmm. uh, you know that anyone who wants to know more about masonry should understand actually so you know uh, listeners what rinesh is saying uh, about the you know the old lodge building we were not able to maintain now think about it why we were not able to maintain it now it's important to understand one fact that as freemasons we do not go about canvassing or you know going out in the public collecting money for any reason we do not do that as freemasons we do not go out to do that we pick our own pockets we depend on our own brethren's you know uh, charity or donations or contributions to whatever extent that they can possibly go up to if you are able to give 10 rupees or 1 lakh rupees it is up to your discretion and we would you know the lords would accept what you are giving and based on that we perform our activities we try to do our you know programs of charity or uh, we try to do our yearly you know activities of celebrations so that's how it goes and you know so far back also the brethren had difficulty in maintaining a building and that's one of the reasons we did not go out seeking donations we ourselves could not handle it so we you know gave it up and we moved to somewhere where we could you know better manage the space on our own exactly so i think that is an exactly. important point i wanted to bring up that's right and um, as you mentioned right that we were not able to get on to these things or that thing it's it, it just showcases that we are not here to do some work wherein we can like let's start something and then we will make it very big very soon or something we have our own pace we manage it in our own way it it just helps us that that's how it has actually made us also realize that life also goes like this you can't just rush to certain things there are times when you need to take those simple uh, calculative steps of going from one place to the other that actually helps you in your journey that helps you in your experience that helps you in in your knowledge Uh, oh, yes, one yes, other yes, thing yes. sorry i'll i just add one mm-hmm. one more point see the other mm-hmm. thing is that you know being a freemason is not necessarily an occupation you know it's not mm-hmm. a full time job sort of a thing i mean it's something you do at your own pace and more importantly it's something you do out of your own interest i mean you might become a new freemason you know you are in in the ladder and mm-hmm. if you're not able to give full time because your family and work is more demanding then obviously you should be spending your time with your family and with your job and masonry is not the topmost uh, priority so to speak and it won't encourage it to be either you know it's it's always important that you keep family and uh, family first rather so again to renesh's point you know it's not like we are a business that plan okay we did this much this year let's plan two folds next year and then double of that the year after that so no it doesn't go that way we do yes. our bit at the end of the day it's a journey at a individual mm. level to be better where we have company of many of the freemasons coming for the mm. same cause yeah that's sorry right. rinesh go ahead okay. please uh, yeah then uh, finally obviously after uh, moving on from temple mount we finally i think around 1925 is when we actually came to the current location where the freemasons hall is we finally find a, we finally find our house or we built our house or something um 
obviously please do search on google you will be able to find the location you can even visit that from far i'm assuming obviously the offices and all are closed and everything you can reach out to them ask them questions if you have any doubts or anything of that sort uh there is one something which i wanted to bring this uh, obviously most of our listeners are thinking yes the british did this they brought in freemasonry then what happened why is it that we didn't were not able to manage the building as uh, shishir mentioned right that we were not able to uh, manage it just imagine why were we not able to manage it because the members were obviously becoming less we were not having that many members so it's not like as if they just like open the door it's not like some uh, hobby club or something wherein we'll put flyers everywhere and say please join us we can help you do this or that nothing of that sort uh, but somewhere what happened is there was a small divide and that divide is something which is superficial because freemasonry considers everybody on the level we do not have that whole differentiation of somebody being very rich or poor and they cannot be in the same place nothing of that sort the, the wealth never matters however since freemasonry was brought by the british and most of the british and the officers and all these the, the big shots were always part of it right the the common man the indians who were obviously at that moment they were kind of worried like i don't know what's happening and even if i think i have to be there i think i should be some big nawab or some raja or something like that and that kind of uh, uh, conception which was there right i can't say it's a misconception because i don't know I, i was not there so no idea what exactly was happening at that time humans But being humans rinesh kind of, <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah i know right but that conception actually stayed in their mind and it kind of became difficult for them to adopt that whole ideology of freemasonry but then there came a lodge known as lodge carnatic and that lodge opened up the doors for brethren or rather sorry for people who were indians who said that okay i know you are not able to go and sit with them because you have that kind of a doubt but you can join here that does not mean by the way listeners that this was supposedly only for indians this had europeans also by the way the other lodges which we sp- spoke about they had indians also there was always there but that as i said that conception made you just like not take the first step so somebody came up and said don't worry if you feel that you can't sit with those big leaks kind of a thing which you think about come here join us let's just sit over here lodge carnatic i think shishir will inform us right now what is so special about lodge carnatic so lodge carnatic is important because we had our first freemason join that uh, mm-hmm. that was umdat ul umra the first indian to join lodge carnatic actually you know what i was about to think that you were going to go in that second important point which was see rajgopal acharya oh yes yes uh, yes. Uh, yes exactly exactly <laughs> somehow the first thing that comes to my mind is the first <laughs> indian there but yeah you're right see rajgopalacharya was you know another stellar you know personality who was part of that particular lodge so what's extremely special about this uh, rinesh so along with this lodge carnatic the most important point was the brethren of lodge carnatic actually helped swami vivekananda in gathering funds and allowing helping him to actually go to usa for the world religion conference that actually showcases that for us it was always everything as in they were obviously ready to help a brother from calcutta they were interested in ensuring that they were there and by the way that is one of the reasons when uh, swami vivekananda actually came back he got a grand welcome and to remind us of that instance to remind us of how swami vivekananda actually was very pivotal at this point that he actually came down to kanyakumari and we have heard stories about how we actually came to kanyakumari and how we actually worked on all of these points we have a lodge in kanyakumari named after vivekananda with a statue of him in that place 
I believe he's wearing an apron in that, right? Yes, yes. Unfortunately, we never obviously were able to get a photograph of uh, uh, Swami Vivekananda in a Masonic apron. But somehow, we knew he was a Mason. So we just added a Masonic apron to it. And that's it. <laughs> I, I, I actually have seen on the internet that there is one black and white photo of Swami Vivekananda with an apron. Is that uh, photoshopped or something? I am assuming it is because uh, if you look at that photo, right, it just doesn't look right. It doesn't look make sense that, okay, why is the angle yeah. not exactly correct? So you That's automatically, but, 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 but listeners, please don't think that we were trying to fake something. He is there. It is just that no, there was no photos of it. And by the way, it's not like because I'm saying it or Shishir is saying it. We actually have records of him being a Mason. So it's, it's a written record. So don't worry. It's a written that. record. Yeah. You can, t- <laughs> you can take our word for that one at least. <laughs> yes. Anyway. So coming from here, Freemasons obviously are uh, were very obvious about the fact that how the things are changing to the fact that back in 90s, uh, when uh, Madras officially got renamed into Chennai, they moved into calling them, uh, there was a new lodge which was consecrated called Lodge Chennai. Uh, in the year 2001, when we ushered into the new millennium, there is a lodge which was consecrated with named as Lodge Millennium. We have an all engineers related lodges. So. Shishir, I think you should you would be the best person to explain why exactly did we choose such words? So I think it's important to keep in mind that you know you cannot remain a dinosaur. <laughs> Let me put it like that. If you say that, hey, I am very traditional and I'm just gonna follow that no matter what, well then life is just gonna keep moving on and you will be left behind, right? So even masonry has to move with the times. So to commemorate and to keep those spirits up, I think it only makes more sense to to sort of you know show that unanimity with the passage of time and then you have a lord chennai uh, just like we would have had a you know a large madras uh, same way we at the turn of the millennium we have lords millennium um, that's right there's one more thing i want to bring up actually so um, maybe you want to talk about this or just touch upon this about saint mary's cemetery in chennai oh yeah actually yeah Good, people good. in Chennai, right? You actually can, uh, if you ever have, obviously, please don't try to go just because I'm saying that way. But if you ever got the opportunity to obviously to visit the St. Mary's Cemetery, most of the British Freemasons who passed away in our country at that time were buried there, especially the ones who were living in Chennai. And if you notice, right, if the tombstones which you notice, they might or they actually have some Freemasonic symbols around it, the square and compasses and some certain other symbols and all. It was their way of showcasing that they were very proud about the fact that they were Freemasons. They were obviously interested about it. And they just didn't like shy away from showcasing the world even after they are dead. That, boss, I am still a Freemason. Once a Freemason, always a Freemason. Exactly. Irrespective of whether you are still a member or not. <laughs> yeah. Well, my grave is going to have a square and compass, that's for sure. <laughs> yes. I already yes, thought yes. about it. <laughs> Oh, too cool, too cool. <laughs> okay, I, I I don't mind bringing in a square and compass kind of a wreath and keep it, but that, uh, okay, let's just hope that this happens when I'm, we, we both are in our 80s or 90s or something around that time. Let's have a good healthy life, man. <laughs> yeah, time will tell. All right, on to the next. Where do we go from there? So I think I, uh, Lodge Mount we were talking about. Yeah, well, Lodge Mount actually is an interesting, again, an interesting lodge, right? It is one of uh, the first lodge which actually got into the Grand Lodge of India. As I said, as we said earlier, right, this lodge was actually named after, I'm assuming, because the Freemasons Hall at that time was on Mount Road. Um, So obviously, this was one of the first lodges from Chennai, which became part of the Grand Lodge of India. 
uh, after that it was obviously lodge carnatic and just a small correction i think uh, we must have uh, made our uh, dates here and there but lodge carnatic was uh, something which was started by an indian uh, who was from uh, trichy area uh it is not by the way shishir it is not exactly where our uh, nawab umdat ulumra actually joined even though he was the nawab of carnatic he was not uh, luckily not uh, technically was not a part of the lodge carnatic but yes he was the nawab of carnatic that's that's the correction which i wanted to give i just remembered that okay, at this so moment okay so that's where i got confused <laughs> yes exactly that's why i was thinking why did you miss see rajgopal acharya but anyway so brethren uh, so this is exactly what freemasonry is all about if you know somebody is doing some mistake we just keep it exactly i said don't worry boss i'm i have your back <laughs> you'll correct me later <laughs> yes 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 all right so rinesh uh, we've had you know an interesting uh, bit of tales and some tidbits facts and figures about the kurumaldel coast all the way to tamil nadu chennai trichinapalli los carnatic uh, swami vivekananda uh, so you know this brings to the end of our segment and i hope you know the listeners would have enjoyed this particular episode just like how i'm sure they would have enjoyed the previous three episodes so folks we are trying to bring this content to you on a weekly or biweekly basis again depending on how much time we are able to give into this because we do have our own jobs to you know <laughs> put in more focus on and then we have to also do a bit of research so all this does take in quite a bit of time and effort on both our parts but regardless you know our intention is to continue with this yes and uh, so for the next episode uh, rinesh which is the next state we are going to be traveling to my home state maharashtra Oh <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, as, as as we were saying, right? We will follow where the Freemasonry actually was uh, going in roads, right? So from Chennai, uh, from Tamil Nadu, and uh, by the way, listeners, we were obviously talking about the Tamil Nadu as the current state, right? The the Madras presidency uh, the, was obviously bigger than this, so we will we will concentrate only on the current state which we have, and accordingly we'll move on. But from here, we are definitely going to Maharashtra. We will talk about the lodges in Bombay and uh, Pune and how exactly. It, worked out and what exactly happened so i think we should see you next week with that information great so thanks so much again rinesh for your time and thank you listeners for your time all our social media links are in the description so please make sure to check out those uh, we also refer to it as show notes that sounds a little more professional but yeah whatever you know what i'm referring to <laughs> so you know please go to those and you know leave a comment or any question that you might have we would love to you know have some listener engagement um and and if there is something specific you want us to bring up in one of our episodes please do let us know and we would love to you know talk about that so definitely don't shy away from that at the end of the day uh, if you get back to us we get to know if we are doing something right or wrong or we can improve something it's all about feedback right so without feedback um, it's kind of like you know we just keep doing our own thing blabbering. without what you guys yeah we are just blabbering without listening to you so i think yes. it's important that you know you not just listen to us but also talk back to us so those comments and all is what uh, you know will help us with that so with that uh, i wish everyone listening all across the world all the very best in life in whatever you're doing if you're having a bad time i hope those clouds will go away and sunshine comes back into your life and your face has a good smile so with that god bless take care bye bye and see you soon bye 
Well, that just about wraps it up, folks. We sincerely hope that you liked our episode and got a glimpse into the fascinating world of Freemasonry. And what better way than to hear about it from those who are the humble members of the Gentle Craft? If you have any queries about what we shared on this episode, or generally on this podcast, or even about Freemasonry, please check out the show notes for links to the Grand Lords of India's website, or feel free to write us an email. Please do look forward to the next episode.